You're listening to audio from The House, located in Kelowna, B.C. If you'd like to check out more resources, please visit us at thehouseonline.ca. In fact, there are so many fish that their boats have trouble getting back to shore without sinking. What a great thank you gift, right? So somebody borrows something, or you, from you, you borrow something from somebody, send that kind of a gift, I dare you. They'll be boring your stuff forever, you know? And then Jesus, this is the thing I liked. Jesus, Peter, he, he just can't believe what they, what's just happened. And then this is, and he turns away from the biggest payday he's probably ever had. And he's drawn to Jesus and he comes to Jesus and he drops to his knees and he calls him Lord. He calls him Lord. And then Jesus says this to him. He said, don't be afraid because from now on, you're going to fish for people. And the Bible says this, six words. They left everything and followed Jesus. Okay, this whole thing went down in the space of a couple of hours. From the time he's there teaching, borrows the boat, fills it with fish, and in the Bible says, and they left everything to follow Jesus. Now, six words cannot begin to describe the massive personal transition their lives were going to go through, okay? It's only six words, but when you go from being a fisherman to following God, walking around the earth, I promise you there's change, and where there's change, there's mess. And the next Three years of these guys' lives, I'll bet you there's a dozen times they wish they'd have never left the fish. Never left the fish. There were so many transitions in their life. At first, it was kind of easy because they just walk with Jesus, listen and learn. How hard can that be? But in Luke chapter 9, they get skin in the game. And and that they become the ones through whom the kingdom of God is coming. Luke 9, verses 1 says, When Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he told them, Take nothing for your journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, not even an extra shirt. And so now they're doing it. And for the rest of the time they're with Jesus, he's got them out there doing it. And so they're getting used to this. But the biggest transition of all happened at the end of the book of Luke, verse 20, chapter 24, and at the beginning of the book of Acts. Because Luke, that's just the continuation of the letter. When Jesus ascends into heaven, and it is all on them. When Jesus is the one, he's gone, and now the religious leaders are mad at them. All the skin in the game is theirs. Think about it. In the years to come, these fishermen will proclaim God's word, and people will believe him, and people will be tortured and persecuted and killed because they believe the words of these guys. All of this was on them. And there was no handbook. There was no handbook for how to put out the, first, the New Testament. No, no one said, here's a, 
here's an outline for what I'm hoping to get on, on paper, you know, for somewhere in the 20th century. And so could you guys maybe just, there was, they just, they had the Holy Spirit. They followed their feet. They said what was in their hearts to say. They did what was in their hearts to do. And God co coordinated the whole thing. And every one of these, every one of these transitional demanded personal change. And change is an interesting thing. Change, change. It's, 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 it's essential for forward movement, for forward progress. And most of us in this room actually want change. We just don't want to change, right? It's, it's because we're creatures of habit. There's a thing called the bondage of the familiar. The bondage of the familiar. It's a very powerful thing. It's why a child who grows up in the home of an alcoholic will often marry an alcoholic because the bondage of the familiar is more powerful, the potential joy and liberty that change could bring. And the scripture likens us unto sheep. And sheep are so timid and find so much of their, their security from the, 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 the familiar, from the, the, the grass that they're, that they're grazing on, that without a shepherd, this is actually true, sheep will virtually graze a pasture down to nothing and then almost starve to death before they will venture on to a new pasture. But we, we, we do the same thing. We, we, we hold on to that which is familiar. We're terrified that, that something out there you know, won't be as good as what we've got right now. We cling to security. And sometimes God has to rock your world. You know, you wouldn't have to hurt so much if you would just let go. All right? Just stop being so afraid. Because sometimes God has to shake us and rock us, not because he hates us, just to get us to let go of a dead piece of pasture so he can lead us into a more spacious place. When you read the creation account, uh, creation is screaming with change. Everything in, in that account, I mean, you know, it's very poetic, right? The way it's written, it's poetry, but everything about it, there's change. There's the sun's up, then the sun's down, the moon's up, then the moon's down. There's seasons that are changing. You know, things have to die in order for their seeds to, to produce new life. And then those seeds grow and then they, there's change actually woven into all of creation. There's change woven into you. You do not look like you did 20 years ago. You don't. You, well, you're changing. You're changing. Did you know that if you are not changing the way you think, you're not growing? If you still believe everything just like you, you, you know something? I don't believe things I preached 10 years ago. I'm changing. We're all changing. And the one thing about transitional seasons is they lack stability. They lack security. And if you're feeling that right now, that means you're probably in transition. Trust me, it would have been safer for Peter and James and John. It would have been safer, wouldn't you agree, for them to just, just be fishermen, okay? A whole lot less people would have hated them. It would have been safer. 
The truth of the matter is, but transition always brings us into new levels, new, new, new levels of influence and new levels of anointing. It enlarges your influence. It enlarges your, your anointings, even though there's always new levels of risk and uncertainty. That, get used to it. We have a, a beautiful young lady as part of our community here. Uh, you, you would know her. Her name's Catherine Stoneman. Catherine runs the coffee shop for us um, through the school year, and she's just been part of the community forever. Catherine, uh, out of high school, went and got a, a diploma in engineering from Okanagan College and went to work and worked and then did a lot of traveling. And then about four years ago, we were talking and her life had flattened right out. No more bubbles in the pop. You know what? There's just nothing in it. Her life had flattened out and, uh, and she was restless. And, uh, and I, I said, Kat, what do you, what do you want to, if you could not fail, what would you attempt? Oh, she said, that's easy. I'd be a doctor. I've always wanted to be a doctor. And she was in her early 30s. And I said, so, go be a doctor. She goes, are you kidding? I am way too old to go back to school. I'm way too old to go back to school. And I said, okay, let me ask you this. If you do nothing, where will you be in five years? Where you can be, Kat, in five years if you do nothing? She said, it, right here. I said, so go do something. I said, you, you were created for a great story. The problem is a great story takes great courage. So go do something. You know, she, she's about four foot two. You know what? Like I'm, but all four foot to her who is full of courage. And so she did it. When I say that, 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 that transitional seasons lack security and transitional seasons um, lack stability and they can be messy, hers was epic because nothing transferred from two years of school at Okanagan, nothing, nothing. And then she went to, to, to register for her first year and they didn't have, and, and she got in late and this and that. It was a shamaz. She said, I, that first year alone, I wanted to quit 20, 20 times. Kat is coming to the end of her degree. There's a lot of us in this room were praying for her yesterday. You want to know why? Because she wrote the MCAT yesterday to become a doctor. And Kat is going to be an amazing doctor. The transitions and the changes of the last three years have stretched her and morphed her and broken her. She doesn't, she's not the same person that she was four years ago when we talked. Because the, the journey cost her something. The journey cost her something. You see, with every transition, there's a, a death and a birth. There's a death and a birth. You have to let go of something to fully engage in something else. You can't hold on to both. You will be stuck. Think about this. Have you outgrown the... This is a really important question. Have you outgrown the parameters of the world that you're living in? Of the job that you're living in? Of some of the relationships that you're in? Have you outgrown them? 
Do you feel that there are restrictions in your belief system? Things that you used to believe that would nurture your soul, but today you just, you know, they, they, nah, they pinch. It used to fit so well, but now it doesn't fit at all. If you're a growing human being, you're growing spiritually, you begin thinking on new levels. You begin doing on new levels. And you stop fitting with people you used to fit with. It's okay. You're not better than they are. You're just growing in a direction that they're not at or not going in. You remember when God was leading the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel uh, through the wilderness? He had a very simple system. He had Moses. But, but they had something even bigger to look at than, than Moses. Um, uh, they, they, they had a pillar of fire that he gave them, this, this, this pillar of fire at night. And then at daytime, they would see it would turn into a cloud. There's millions of people tenting, right? This is, this is like a folk fest. Like This is just like, this is like lots of people in tents hanging out, raising their kids, livestock. And whenever they looked at the, the pillar of fire, whenever they looked at the cloud, they knew that God was with them because that pillar meant he would provide for them. He gave them the manna. He gave them what they needed. He, that, 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 that pillar of fire protected them. It was their provision. It was their protection. It was his presence. I don't care. If you're in the middle of a wedding and the pillar starts to move, Everybody camp pulls up camp because when the presence moves, that's God moving because that's how he led them. Now, let me ask you this. Have there been times in your life when you're in a job? It's a job you do really well. It's a job that fits you, a position that you like, and, 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 and you're, you're doing just fine in it. Then all of a sudden, without any explanation, Grace is lifted off of that position. And now, oh, there's no joy in it. And now, there's, there's no wind in your sails. There's no energy to do that thing. Is it possible that, the, that God's grace has been lifted off of you because his grace is going to something else? He's going into another dimension. He's going into another season and another world and another chapter in your life. Is it possible but many of us are not present enough with ourselves to recognize when grace is lifted. We just put our heads down and work harder and become more miserable. I've had this happen a couple times in my life. I hope I'm speaking to the right crowd. Because in, um, when, I, when I, I tried to be a youth pastor and I sucked, okay? I'll just put that out there. Because you have to be organized and you... you you have to have a day timer and stuff like that. And I, I just, like, that was, so I sucked at that. And, um, but what I did find, a door opened for me to do some itinerant speaking. That, you know, an itinerant speaker is just somebody that gets to use the same talk over and over and over and over. Uh, and just in different places. And that I'm qualified to do. I can do that. And so... For 15 years, I started to travel, and it started in Canada, and it moved us around the world. And I was really good at it. And I really loved it. Until about year 14, when all of a sudden, I don't love it so much. I don't have joy in it like I used to. What is going on? All the elements are the same. 
but grace was lifting off of me. And grace was lifting off my family for me to do that kind of work. And we recognized it. And so we didn't have anywhere to go. We didn't, I didn't have another job to go to. I just quit. I just told the people I was out. And Marcia and I and the kids are at home. And now I have to decide what to do with the rest of my life. And I was 40. 40. How do you retrain a 40-year-old to do something else? And so I've, Marcy and I, um, the, the organization that we've been running, Reach Out Youth Ministries, we have an amazing board of directors. And they gave us good counsel. I went back to university to study counseling and be, retooled and became a counselor. And right, right when I graduated, I got this great gig. Honestly, I just stepped into the best job ever. I was a high school counselor at a private school. And it was awesome. It was it got better with every year that I was there and I'm thinking I am I said many times they will bury me in the front lawn of this school cuz I'm doing this till I die. It is that good. And then year 6 hit. I'm restless. Hun, oh, it's happening again. It's happening. I'm, what is going on? This is the best job ever. My brain said it. You know, my skill set said it. You know, I was liked there. I was valued. They paid me. And I said to my wife, something's coming. Something's coming and we got to be prepared. I said, my spider senses are tingling. Something's coming. Just a few months later, Pastor Irv and Pastor Will and Pastor Chad called me and said, we got this idea. We want to make a difference. We want to do this, young, this ministry to university students at UBCO. Want to come? It didn't make sense. But all I knew is that grace was moving. We had to figure out where it was landing. The cloud was going somewhere. And we got here. And there was transition, and there was mess, and there was instability. And you follow it through that. And we found ourselves, this has been the most amazing 11-year run for both, the, for, for, at least for Marcy and I. Let me tell you guys something. The wind of change always blows in here before the opportunities present themselves. Are you present enough with yourself? Are you present enough with the Holy Spirit to discern the change that is blowing in here? Or are you so driven by what you see with your eyes and what you need with your, your bank account that you don't discern that? Because you think that this is the only world there is? The world you're in is, 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 is the world you're in, but it's just a world. You know what, if you can let go of that world when the time is right, you would experience other worlds, other experiences. T.D. Jakes, um, he made a statement that I haven't forgotten for a long time. He said, birth and death are the wonder twins of divinity. The wonder twins of divinity. He said, that they're exactly the same. And I think he's right. Because both birth and death simply push us from one realm to another realm. Because, the, the, you know, the, the biblical definition of death is simply separation, right? A baby grows in the womb, and when the baby's gotten too big for the womb, the, 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 it gets pushed out. 
of the womb, and that's called birth. And it dies to the reality of its warm, it, the womb world, and it's born to the reality of this work. And the same thing in death. You know, my dad, you know, we have that viewing. Uh, and, and I'm staring at my dad, and he looks terrible dead. You know what? Like, he, he just is all white and pasty. And, and, and I put my hand on his hand because we have the same hands. My sons have the same hands as I do. And I thought it was cool, and I put my hand. I always loved my dad's hands. I'll take a minute here. Because he was a painter his whole life, and he was a horseman. And his hands were full of calluses. Full, I always thought that that was just such a masculine thing. And so I put my hand on his hand. He is, Elvis has left the building. He's gone. There's a wrinkled old earth suit in that box. That's all. He has been pushed into another realm. Death and birth are both transportation into another dimension. Now listen to this. In John chapter 3, Jesus said, For you to experience the kingdom of God, fullness of the kingdom of God, see the kingdom of God, he said you need to be born again. I submit to you that if you want to thrive, if you, you want to walk as ambassadors fully engaged in God's kingdom on this earth, You'd need to be born again and again and again and again and again. You find yourself in a situation that once fit, but now it's too small. And you have to go through a birthing process where you are pushed out of that situation into another one. And, and, and there's instability and there's mess, but let it go. I look back at my life and I think about the, 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 the places that I've outgrown. I've outgrown ways of being. I've outgrown ways of thinking. I've outgrown some people in my life. I've outgrown traditions. I've outgrown some theology that I was taught my whole life. It, and I've outgrown it. And, and, and I'm constantly being birthed into new ways of thinking, new ways of being. And, and these are really beautiful and God very much driving the bus there. But let me tell you this. Uh, transition can be traumatic. It can be traumatic. And, and we all know that, and that's why we resist it. When, 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 when Marcy gave birth to our sons, um, uh, I, I'm, I was terrible. I wasn't much help. I, um, I, I wanted to just tag and let somebody else come and do all that coaching and, and everything. I was, I was pretty overwhelmed by the whole thing. Um, and um, the one thing I couldn't believe is how strong a mother's contractions can be. And I was thinking about, whoa, whoa, the little guy inside is going, whoa, 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 what is that? What are you doing? You know, because, you know, but that's it was traumatic and violent because compared to the first nine months, we just hanging out, smoking cigarettes, you know, eating, you know, absorbing food through his umbilical cord, you know, like that's a very peaceful thing, right? That's all just kuna matata. But then all of a sudden, all this violence and this, whoa, 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 right? My point is this transition is traumatic. And if your world's upside down, then you're in transition. Very likely you're in transition. And messy. Okay, 
They never show you this on television. Messy, on the commercials, you know what? The baby comes out, it's got diapers. I thought our babies were gonna have diapers on when they came out. Like I would be a little more prepared stepping into a new world. You know what, they just, ugh, they look like these little eight pound lizardy things. You know, what is, whoa, that's not mine. I don't know. <laughs> Mailman was a lizard. <laughs> There are times when your circumstances start to push on you and it's traumatic and it's difficult. And it's uncomfortable. And the disciples went through this again and again and again and again. It's how you go from being a fisherman to an apostle. If you're okay with what page you're on in your life and you think you can ride this chapter out for the rest of your life, but I promise you God's not okay with that. The Bible says that he who began a good work in you, he will complete the work in you. So sucks to be you if you are resisting change and resisting trans transition because he's stronger than you and he will get you there. And if you're not going to get there, then you are going to be in a lot of transition and a lot of trauma for an extended period of time. All right, almost done. In fact, the band can come on up. This is the cool thing. This is very cool. In between every dimension um, of transition that you're in, pay attention to who's in your world. Pay attention to who's in your world because God, God will often send a midwife into your world to help you transition from one world to the other, from one reality to other, from one dimension to the other. He'll often send a midwife because every Ruth has a Naomi, right? Ruth was nobody, but Naomi made a way for her. Every Elisha has an Elijah. Every Timothy has a Paul. Someone who has been where you want to go. Somebody who's there advocating for you. In the business world, they, 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 they call them sponsors. They're people who are in boardroom meetings. And they're advocating, and they're advocating for your favor, and they're advocating for your promotion well ahead of you in an arena that you don't even operate in yet. If you have a sponsor in your life, you are blessed. I'm telling you what, I thank God for Gordy Lagore. I was a house painter and Gordy Lagore pastored the biggest youth group in Calgary. And Gordy Lagore, he said, he, he let me hang out with him. He let me buy him breakfast. He let me travel wherever he went to preach. He let me learn. And when he got real sick, because he was booked for years as a speaker, he's also a youth pastor. He got real sick, he never once, I was with him for five years, never once heard me preach. And he said to me, he said, I've called everybody for the next three years of my traveling and speak engagements. And I've told them, if it's all right with them, you'll take my place. I said, you never even heard me preach. He goes, I don't need to hear you preach. I know you. He advocated for me in an arena I didn't even know about. I thank God for Steve Moore. Steve Morin is a guy I got to know in Calgary and Steve Morin opened all Europe to me. If it wasn't for Steve Morin, I'd never, never had the opportunity to preach in all these churches all throughout Europe. I thank God for, for Pastor Chad and Pastor Will and Pastor Irv 
Because they're the ones that called me and said, listen, you're the perfect guy for this. They didn't, I've never been here. I just spit, sorry. Uh, I've never even been here. <laughs> There's a good one too. It's like really long. And, and, uh, I thank God for Ken Stober. Because Ken Stober dared to dream a dream about a, a work called Third Space and invited me to journey with him in that. And because of that, and just a whole bunch of amazing things align, I get to, to go to that university every single day and get, care and give and counsel students all day long, every day. Pay attention to who God put into your life. Has he put a sponsor? Has he put a midwife in your life? Well, start thanking them. Start thanking him for them. Because he's the author of those divine connections. To be in the middle of a chaotic, unsettled transition is difficult. But Isaiah says this, in quietness and trust shall be your strength. Can you quiet your heart long enough to say, Father, I'm not liking this. I don't know where I'm going. This doesn't feel good, but I'm in transition and I'm trusting you because you said a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Amen. I'm going to pray for you because I'm pretty sure some of you are in transition. And I'm going to ask that God's grace, first of all, will give you peace in the middle of your, 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 your change. And then that the Lord will give you wisdom to know how to navigate it. And thirdly, that the Lord will give you good people to help you get to the next one. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you. Your word is beautiful. For those, Father, who are in between jobs, for those who are in between careers, for those who are in between degrees, for those that are trying to make, trying to figure out which way to go, Jesus, I pray, Spirit of God, come with incredible grace. Let your peace envelop them, knowing that you are the Lord of the harvest. You are the Lord of their steps. And Father, I pray that you bring people, good, good, good people into their lives. People that will just let them know it's going to be okay. People that, that, that know how to point to you and say, trust him. And Father, I pray that you give those of us who are outgrown one womb to let go of it and to trust you to lead us to the next. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to audio from The House. For more information or resources, visit us at thehouseonline.ca.